Welcome to another episode of Married with Video Games. I'm your host, Matthew. I'm your host, Christina. And this week, in the past three days, I played Axiom Verge. The first one, not the second one, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was it, really good. Yes, and it was literally the last three days. How how many hours did I put in there? Eight? Yeah, just over eight. You clicked through too quickly after the credits, so we didn't get all of your stats. I know, I was I was button pushing. <laughs> so I don't know how many times you died. We kind of figured 25 or 30. Yeah, roughly. It was on normal. I definitely didn't 100% anything. But it was good. Yes. It was really good. I'm going to do a quick synopsis. We'll go over the reviews, and then we'll kind of cover everything here. Okay. Uh this is pulled directly from the Thomas Happ Games website. That is the developer. Uh, a failed scientist dies in an accident, only to awaken in a mysterious alien world. Where is he? How did he get here? And why do the fundamental laws of reality seem to be broken? Life. Afterlife. Real. Virtual. Dream. Nightmare. It's a thin line. It's Axiom Verge. That works. Yes, because the plot slash synopsis on wikipedia is about 1500 words it, it's long and a lot of paragraphs mm-hmm. and you really did play this over the last three days we've played a lot of it it's been very entertaining yeah it was a nice throwback mm-hmm. we'll kind of cover that in a minute you guys but this game was a really nice change of pace from everything else we've been playing lately also, it came out in 2015. Yeah, it's been out for a while, and it kind of stormed. It came out like like a storm, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting, and then we did something else. Oh, yeah, we got married. Yes, that, that was 2015. You are correct. <laughs> what year is it? What day is it? I don't know. So I didn't end up playing this one, and then it kind of slipped through the cracks, and then it, I saw Axiom Verge 2 came up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Axiom Verge was a thing. Oh, it's $7. Let's play this. Excellent. Give us some reviews. Okay. We're both talking very quietly because there's a baby sleeping, but I closed his door so we can talk normal. <laughs> yeah. He's not squirmy-wormy right now, so he's... There's a monitor right here. He was super cranky, you guys. He was. Super, super fussy. So I finally swaddled him and put him down and he passed out yeah he slept for uh, both of us last night and then was wide awake after two different feeding sessions today so he was overly tired yeah we we're we're, we're learning okay while i give the reviews uh, let the dog out because yeah, he's sitting sadly at the back door right behind us Go on, dude. perfect okay right. so for the ps4 version of this uh it's an 84 from critics on metacritic and a 7.8 from users so a little little bit of a difference but not terribly no that's still within within the plus minus range i gave it like a full point plus minus range before it starts getting wonky fair enough so i went to twinfinite for the review Ooh. because they were most of the reviews from critics are positive. There were only a couple that were mixed. There weren't any that were negative for uh, Metacritic. 
Okay. How they rank their things. So, Twinfinite's positive. The graphics in Axiom Verge are terrifically retro with a modern flair. It uses the 8-bit era as its base and expands on it exponentially with a modern touch. Enemies that explode into a million pixels when killed. Huge immobile androids take up entire rooms. And bosses the size of skyscrapers all serve to give Axiom Verge an extra layer of oomph by subverting the visual expectations of the player. When it isn't blowing your mind with its dynamic visuals, it has a consistently impressive art style that is beautifully grotesque and alien. From tight corridors filled with bubbling acid to expansive open spaces with strange structures in the distance, it artistically mixes the sci-fi aesthetics of high technology amid ancient ruins in a way that is both striking and fascinating to look at. Yes. There's a lot of stuff to look at in this game for it being like the 8-bit throwback. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very much a... uh... The art is really good. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. They also had a paragraph I didn't include it in this because that was long enough about the music. Oh, okay. Yes, which I have one gripe with. We'll cover that in pros and cons. Yes, but <laughs> otherwise the music is also fantastic. It's just that one section I don't mm-hmm. like. So they're negative. You'll enjoy this negative because okay. I enjoyed this negative. Okay. Backtracking is the backbone of Axiom Verge, as it is often the only way to progress or acquire needed items. This becomes extremely frustrating when spending several minutes returning to a location to advance the game, only to discover a dead end, giving you no choice but to return to where you originally were in order to try something else. This problem may have been mitigated by a more advanced map or a convenient fast travel system, both of which are sorely absent here. Yes, I have much to say about that, but it is a gripe of mine as well. Yes, they also, again, very long, but the other paragraph I was going to grab basically complained about the map being just completely insignificant because it's just colorful squares. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so hard to distinguish what's going on. It really, it lives up to that retro feel. That is very true. But it's very difficult yeah. to figure out where you're going without a fast travel system. And I will cover various games in the past that had it and a lot that did not. And we kind of can go from there. But... One, one other thing I want to throw in here mm-hmm. while I'm thinking of it, because you talked about it's got the old school feel, was when you got the one upgrade where you could like translate things mm-hmm. and you just Googled the passcodes and you were like okay so to get this particular passcode you have to kill all of the little green things in this one area it was like so abstract that how would someone figure that out but that is also it's very old to be school. Fair, that is an old school yes. way of doing it where like you stumble upon something yes. to add this code in there was no internet to fill out everything for you no you had like a game genie or you talk to your friends yes who also were playing the same game and they're like oh i uh warped this guy and this happened and you're like what and you can do that and, yeah and you'd go back and do it and <laughs> I saw it happen once, and I said, oh, it's less ambiguous than I thought it was, but it's still not easy. Yes, the one creatures in that one the, area. All the letters started flashing, and you just have to type But only them. on, like, half of them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you'd have to figure it out. That was an interesting throwback. It's an interesting throwback. I don't know if it's a gripe so much as since I have the internet, I care a whole lot less about that kind of stuff because yes. somebody else is more motivated to figure it out than I am. Yeah, there's also a speedrun option for this game, so people have definitely figured this out. I, I'm not speedrun material. And it has been fi- it's been out for a while, so all the stuff has been found out at this point. Yes, hashtag spoiler warning? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to cover <laughs> the story real quick, and then we'll really kind of dive into the gameplay 
This is the story to the best of our knowledge. Again, the game has a rich story and there's a lot of lore if you find all the pages and the translations for them and you can kind of read and fill in the gaps. But you play as a scientist named Trace and there's an explosion at the beginning of the game and you awaken in this different world called Sudra. You're tasked by these robot-like beings, the main one named Elsnova. Yeah, I don't know if it's Elsnova or Elsa Nova. Elsa Nova. It's one of those two. To find and eliminate a man named Athios. Athios? Athetos? Athetos. Athetos. Uh, (laughs) We've read this before. (laughs) Athetos, you find out, releases a pathogen that eliminates the entire realm of this world. Yeah, mass genocide. It's great. Except for these three surviving robots. And it's just their heads that survive, Yeah, they're warlike robots that are still alive, barely. Uh, and you basically use these nanobots. You have to reset up these nanobots to kind of rebuild them. As you continue throughout the game, uh, you find out that your character was actually blinded and crippled in an accident. And you are, through all this work and research, that you are actually Athios as well. That was the name of you on your research papers. Uh, and they summoned an earlier version of the, of yourself to fight the older version of you. I thought it was like a clone of yourself. It's something kind of, so, so it's, similar it's to very, that. Very, very sci-fi heavy. Your older self, basically, Sudra had this religious like idea about moving beyond. They are kind of like a gateway world into the other worlds and realms beyond. But they kind of lost sight of that, and their technology was all worn down. And they basically had like this religious like belief that no one should be crossing back and forth between the worlds. Yeah, there's a reason that it's closed and they want to keep it closed. But they but Athios found on the other side that there's higher advanced civilizations that could end world hunger, could end everything and he decides the destruction of this world is worth it to save every other thing, yes. but he commits mass genocide to mm-hmm. do so so your character's like, you know, you're a psychopath. Yes. Even though what you did is kind of like a higher cause, you're still a psychopath and so you've end up fighting your older self and you don't want to kill him you just want to lock him away but the El- Elsa Nova or the Rusalki yeah Rusalki uh, that's the war machines of Sudra decide to kill him eliminate him yeah they can't risk anything happening again so they kill him yeah so again I don't know how they're going to rebuild anything or what they can do but they do eliminate Athios in the end and then it kind of a sequel and yeah but it also loops a little bit in it a does way. like your character you find out that your character going back is hunting for a way back to Sudra with the research that he acquires and then we watch the hidden cut scene which isn't much but your older self Athios comes and shoots you or something comes like. and kills you I think that starts the whole cycle over again something, I think is it, my it might be I guess it might be the looping mechanic of it I don't quite know but that's the end of the hard one, and I'm assuming that leads into Axiom Verge 2. The story was actually decent. It was. In terms of a story for a what they're making as a 2D side-scrolling action platformer, I actually didn't mind it. It was less convoluted than Returnal. <laughs> so there's uh-huh. that. So I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed the story for what it was, even though they left some kind of stuff in Mysterious in the Dark it was easier to piece together than in a lot of other games that do this. So it was less frustrating to figure it out or put thoughts to it. Yeah. And it was, it was very relatively straightforward. I mean, one guy did this. Yes. Literally one dude made so this game. The 
Stardew like Valley. Stardew Valley. <laughs> Stardew Valley, similar occasion. <laughs> One guy made the entire game, and he did a fantastic job. Yes. Next, some gameplay. Yes. The actual good stuff. The uh, good stuff. They, he strived really hard to take an old school Metroid or Castlevania experience and bring it into 20, like, like 2020 or 2015 at the time. Correct. Make it more modern feeling. Like they say, when enemies explode, there's pixels everywhere. The weapon upgrades are very cool and unique. There's a lot of stuff that they do to make it feel like a modern game, even though you're playing an old school game. Yeah, I told you at one point it reminded me of uh, Dead Cells, because Dead Cells kind of tried to do this as well. Dead Cells is really cool. Yes. So, uh, it's 2D, pixelized, uh, pixel art platforming uh they like you said it starts with the 8-bit veal the art in the background is really nice and high def and crisp and clear so you get this kind of picturesque of a world that you're wandering through even though you're doing some platforming in a 2d space you have health and weapons your weapons can be uh you can get upgrades for the damage and the distance that they fire you can get more health upgrades and then you get various tools along the way that help you progress farther there's a grappling hook there's these lab jackets that when you get them, let you phase through walls in different ways. You get a higher jump at one point. A higher jump. You get a drone. And you get a drone shot, farther shot, and you get a drone teleport ability. You also didn't even find all of the weapons that were available no, either. No, I missed quite a few, actually. I think there's like 15, and I found like nine or 10 of them. You found 65% of the items, but I think that also includes like the health things. That includes everything. Yeah. So I got 100% of the tools. Okay. I know for a fact that I got 100% of the tools, and I think you need 100% of the tools to get through the game. You can't get, you can't beat the game without getting all the tools. Gotcha. But you could theoretically only get one gun and play through the entire game with your first gun and win. Mm, And I guess if you're good enough, you only need one. You don't even need health upgrades. I'm not that good, (laughs) but I'm sure somebody out there is dancing around like a maniac and doesn't get ever hit ever. But that is probably that is not me. Speedrunners are insane. Yes. Kudos to all of the speedrunners out there. Yeah, that's essentially the gameplay, you guys. It's really feels that it, it feeds that nostalgic old school gaming feel while at the same time being very fun and modernized towards, like I said, like to 2015. So it's enjoyable now. Whereas if you try to go back and play some of those games, they're not as enjoyable as they used to be. No. They're just overly difficult and convoluted where this one kind of felt nice and modern in that way. All the controls made sense, even if I wasn't good at them all the time. Right. Pros and cons. Let's start with the good stuff. (laughs) It's a very well-made game. Gameplay is solid. Shooting is well done. And the enemies feel balanced and fair, even though there was one boss I couldn't beat, but they allow you to skip him. I got really close to beating him, but I was so I was ready to just beat the game at that point. So I'm like, I'm just not going to keep going after this guy. Yeah, he was like five or six rooms before the final boss, too. So he wasn't awful. I learned his patterns. I just wasn't. We just wanted to finish the game yeah, at that point. I was like, I died twice, and I'm like, I'm not doing this a third time. I just skipped him and ran past. Yep. He's beatable. I just need to be more patient, and I'm not. Especially <laughs> like you said, we want to beat the game. We want to get a review up. That's pretty much where I was. Uh, the items in the progression felt on point. There's a lot of secrets and stuff. So if you're a completionist and you like looking for hidden stuff, this is your game. There's a lot to explore. Hidden pathways. When you get upgraded items, you can 
warp around and find cool rooms and get there. I realized that one brick wall that we kept going and it leads to nowhere. Mm-hmm. I would have been able to teleport into that open space and then teleport down into the other open space and move over. That's what that's for. Yeah. You kept going, you kept breaking all the bricks to make that path and then jumping around trying to figure out what the heck to do there. Yeah, that I think sense. that new teleport at the end gets you in. So gotcha. there's lots of secrets and the more items and the tools you uncover, you can literally explore the whole map at that point and find everything at the end. But the more you get, the more you can uncover of the map, which is kind of cool. Yes, there was one day where, and this might actually come more into the cons, but it was kind kind of a pro as well, where before you started looking up like where to go for things, you kept pulling up the map and the different sections to see like, okay, there's a spot in the upper right corner that I didn't get to. And you'd go back with the extra tools and find like a health upgrade or a new weapon. Yeah. Or something. And yeah. that was really cool exploration. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. Mm-hmm. I liked the filling out of the map. If you 100% the map, you get an achievement for that. So if you're a completionist, getting the map 100% the first time you play through is a thing. I thought you were going to do that just with the open air area where you kept like... I was doing that for a while that I'm like, this is not... It's too much. It's too much for me personally. For us casual gamers and our seven podcast listeners. Uh, The lore is rich if you want to look for it. It really felt like games past uh, where you are... But like I said, I've said this a thousand times already... It, they've upgraded it to that good feel. Even in 2021, it feels really good while still making you feel nostalgic for games past. For sure. Here's one pro I didn't put in there. The music in this game is really good. Yes, you have it in the cons, but it's solely for the one area that I did yes. not like. <laughs> it's very, very, very well done music. And about 95% of it fits in the spot. But there's one area that you don't like with the music. Do you remember what world it is? Uh, I think it's Eknama or something like I do. They're all sort. Of, it's not Eden. It's something else in yeah, there. Yeah, but it's the one that has like the. Uh, it is like very. Person it's singing. very much an Arabic. Arabic sounding. Arabic kind of sounding thing. voice in the background. It's and the singing. only part that I don't like is like it just starts abruptly with that. Like even the weird gibberish in the middle, I don't mind when you get the melody like actually going. But mm. the fact that it starts with that and it's just so abrupt. Just grated me every time. But the music itself is really good. It's really good. The music, even in that spot, was very well done. Everything about the music and the, the area of that game was just done, I think, incredibly well. Okay. When we were going over the reviews, there is no <laughs> fast travel. This drives me nuts. Yes, it was incredibly frustrating, and the, I wasn't even playing. The maps... You don't know what's connected to what unless you're really, 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 really paying attention. And I almost feel like I need to draw a diagram of this rule connects here where this one connects up here. There is a center area that kind of travels, traverses you between all of them. Mm -hmm. But half the time I couldn't even find that. It was, yeah, it was very, very frustrating to figure out where you were and then you started googling things to figure out okay this is where this weapon is because i need it to get to the next area but then you had to figure out what part of the map you were in and it was i never really finished but the when you start going through these maps and you're like oh it doesn't tell me which world i'm going to next Mm-mm. if bare minimum Let's say fast travel aside, before I get into the fast travel thing, if they just said this leads you to here or up leads you to this map, 
that would have been a thousand times more helpful. Yes. So if I open the map and it tells me where I'm at, and then it, let's say it goes Eden is up, and then the Urk, Nama, whatever is to the right, mm-hmm. that would have been super helpful. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They did not. You just kind of had these blank screens where it told you where you filled in the map. So if you're in exploration, you can tell where you haven't been. Yes. Unless it's a secret area, you can see what part of the map you haven't filled in. It's pretty clear. So if you want 100% the map, it's not very hard. You just go in that zone once you have all the tools and you go, okay, this is where I haven't been. Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's not super hard. But traveling around and knowing where you're going was very difficult. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night had save rooms and warp rooms. I don't really like that. I wish the save room was also a warp room. Yeah, even if you could just warp to the smaller world that you need to get to, that would be so much more helpful. Just between save rooms. Yes. So the save room takes me to this one, and maybe even only one save room on that map. Because sometimes there's multiple save rooms. Even if only one of them is a warp point, that would still be a thousand times better than backtracking through all these maps. I know. Trying to figure out where I need to go. Yes, especially if you have to go back two or three worlds to go get an item to then go back to where you were i mean you're wasting you know 20 25 minutes of backtracking it's yeah it's a lot listen i understand that old school a lot of old school games didn't have warping but one of the conveniences of the modern day gaming is being able to fast travel between points Mm -hmm. i think axiom verge 2 has fast travel I'm fairly certain that it does, which is going to be a huge, huge upgrade. Now, again, this came out in 2015. Fast travel was still pretty relevant then, but at the same time, yeah, there's a how to unlock fast travel. After a bit, you'll unlock the ability to fast travel between waypoints. Yes. Okay. So that is super duper helpful. That would encourage me to want 100% it more. Yeah, if you could say, okay, I'm missing these squares in this world. Let's warp to that world. And go back and do that. For me, that just seems more enjoyable, more of a way of playing the game that's like it it encourages me to play it more versus having to walk back through yeah that one day where you had to google where to go was just such a guessing game that it was annoying yeah it was just annoying i i literally thought in my head i'm like geez i'm gonna give this game a seven just because this is so frustrating to watch yeah i would i would say one again if this was 20 years ago, yes. there this didn't exist. You were just used to doing we stuff like We wouldn't know this. anything about fast travel. But now that fast travel is prevalent, again, I'm writing this game six years later. So let's be real. I, I'm not the avatar. But even they complained about it back in the day when they reviewed it. So, And it seems like he corrected it for the next game. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold it against this game. No. I mean, the game is, again, six years old. It's enjoyable. I've been enjoying it. Every bit of it, but traveling back and forth and just traveling in general was super difficult for me because I just couldn't figure out where I was going most of the time. And it's not because we're sleep deprived. No, it's been good sleep. But when you look at these maps, it just doesn't give you any information. No. Even, you can set waypoints, like you could set like a little, let me rephrase it, you can set Reminders. a reminder to go back to an area, but if you can't find that area, what do you do? You know, like if I can't yeah. find my way back to the area where I set the reminder to, what do you do at that point? That's kind of how I felt about it. Fair enough. That's my gripe about it. Again, I understand that older games didn't have it, and he was really trying to mirror that. Mm-hmm. 
But even a game like Hollow Knight, for instance, is a good example of it. They had waypoints between the different areas, too. They had little benches that you would sit at. They weren't in their save rooms. They were these little benches. And once you unlocked one bench to another, you could travel between them and go to the different areas that you needed to. Mm -hmm. Little modernizations like that go a long way and would make they make a huge difference in my book. But that was the number one con for me. The music, it didn't bother me that much. That and some of the enemies were overly tough i felt towards the end those gold flying saucers were absolutely agonizing yeah that was me. the last world area correct second to second last, to last. Yeah, yeah they were really tough the floating purple ones you could slow them down enough that you could just run away from them mm-hmm. the gold ones didn't slow down you just had to trick them into a spot and kill them basically yeah and there was only one weapon that we you had that would actually affect them too yeah some weapons don't work on some of the enemies so you yeah. have to have other weapons to get through Collect the weapons, you guys. They're worth your time. All right. What do you give it? I'd give it an eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh, you got to think about this one. I do. The con is is detrimental enough that it is subtracting points, but it's not so bad that it's that. And I didn't really dislike that one spot of music. It was off-putting but it didn't bother me like it bothered you you spent a lot of time in that world the one day where you were trying to figure out where to go i think that's why it bothered me i'm I'm gonna be a little biased here and i'm gonna give it a nine five what whoa so (laughs) i thought you were gonna go low for some reason no 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 uh i'm gonna give it such a high score because it was so refreshing to play something like this you've played a lot of dark souls demon souls and bloodborne i could could still play more of it i know but i just it was nice to play something a little off pace something a little different and kind of t- again touch on that old school feel of gaming and i'm really excited to play the next one i'm probably going to download it and play it just so we can That's watch fine. going through it it's really enjoyable to watch all we got to do tonight is watch marvel's what if and uh, anime Moonlit, oh yeah that, Moonlit fantasy yes the one or that Moonlit i keep journey i think it is the one that i keep forgetting about until it's wednesday and then i go oh yeah we'll get another anime to watch uh-huh. it's pretty good it is all right, guys. Uh, we're at Gaming Marriage on Twitter or GamingMarriage at gmail.com. If there's any other games you want us to play, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If there's any anime you'd like us to watch, we are always looking for recommendations. We'll give anything a shot. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Wow, you really gave it a 9-5. I did. <laughs> I did. If I was realistically, if I had just jumped in and wasn't playing a whole bunch of Dark Souls or, like, the same genre, it would probably be, like... An eight five okay. or a nine, but since it feels so refreshing yes. and different, and it was quick, I was done. I was in and out of yeah, this game. It's eight hours. That's really not a long game, so mm-hmm. that's really nice too. I'm not spending 25, 30 hours in a game, sixty hours in a game. It's just eight. I'm played through it. I I spent seven bucks on it. Even if I spent twenty, I would have felt that was worth the time. Yeah, and they say the second ones are on a fifteen hour play. Okay, for everything, so it's going to be a little longer. That shocks. Shocks, but for twenty bucks, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, and you got to think you played Dark Souls, you played Demon Souls, you played some Bloodborne before this. Before that was Returnal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a lot of hardcore games. So yeah. this was. This is a, it's hard, but it's not hardcore. Yes. Okay, that was. Yeah, <laughs> I should have said that before yeah, so, you did our sign off. So that's my bias for the review. Is it's just refreshing enough for me to play something different, uh, and maybe we'll find a game for my for Christy to sit and play because she hasn't actually played one in a while. I have not. You haven't been into it lately. No, I I wish Pokemon Snap was not 
a 60 or 70 dollar game you still might end up getting it for christmas christmas is fine but on in the same regard just find me like a seven dollar used cartridge for the n64 version and i'll play that and then go oh this is terrible graphics (laughs) give me the switch version (laughs) so i'll have to spend 67 dollars rather than just 60 dollars got it i'm on it yes all right guys have a good one (laughs) bye